Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,447. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Rapid City, South Dakota, whew, with a very special guest by the name of John Hames. John, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Mark, I am so ready. Thank you for having me on. We're going to have some fun today. Now, I had your uh, cohort, your business partner on the show a few days ago, and uh, Michael Cotsworth. And so he kind of gave us a preview of some things that you guys are doing and, of course, shared his life like you're, like you're going to do with me. But I always ask this question before I give you a more proper introduction and set up the tone for our talk. What's one little thing that maybe people don't know about John Hames? Well, the first thing is that, you know, when I went into the television business, I had zero previous experience. I had no film school degree. I had never been a show host of any kind. I was not able to operate most motion cameras. And um, I was a sort of part-time amateur photographer, but I really literally knew nothing about the TV business. And for me, it was like being shot out of a cannon because I had to learn so quickly, you know, so that what I could do was create a car show that could compete with the big corporate productions, but without some of the strings attached that comes with the, you know, the world of corporate car TV. So if I had to pick one thing, I'd say, you know, I was on a very steep learning curve and I'm I'm still on it. <laughs> well, I tell you, it sounds familiar. When uh, I tried my hand at uh, television back in 2019 with Cars Yeah TV, I didn't know what I was stepping into. And same thing, it's very different speaking to people on a microphone like I do here. But when you have to stand in front of people, and I never acted because I'm not an actor. I just spoke, but still... As you've learned, how you stand, the lighting. I mean, there's so many, ugh, so much more to it is so complicated, but uh, you've certainly done a great job. And that's what you're going to share with us today, where you're taking this in the future. So allow me to give you a little more of a proper introduction. And we'll talk more about this in one minute here. John Hames is a television producer and actor who created the series titled American Car Prospector. It's a show he started in 2013 that aired on the Discovery Channel. His early career was in the financial sector as a stockbroker. He was also a land developer. However, his passion for enthusiasm for cars and acting took him down a new road. John and his team are building a new TV series that will be available mid-2024. We're almost in 2024. Can't believe that. The show will feature episodes exploring unique and exciting land, sea, and air transportation. They will air it on an all-new social media channel and YouTube. Updates and private channel strategy will be coming in the new year, so stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. So give them a little love, and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner 
that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Hey, guess what? Some of you regular listeners will remember back in 2019, I created uh, 10, 11 shows called Cars Yeah TV, where I went to some fabulous locations of past Cars Yeah guests, and we did a TV show about it. Well, they're up on the Cars Yeah YouTube channel. So go check it out at YouTube. Just type in Cars Yeah, and the shows will be there for you to enjoy. I hope you have fun watching. So, John, we are back. So I want to get back to what you spoke of as far as getting into the TV venue. I mean, you come from the stock market world, land development, property development. That's a very different thing. What made you decide to go, you know what? I want to be on TV. I want to produce shows. I want to talk about shows. And going out of your sector in business from finance and real estate to cars. Where did this idea come from? Well, thank you for recognizing that it's been a very unusual journey for someone like me. I was not ever a, an actor, and I had no ambitions to be one, but I had done some nonprofit work in um, the automotive area for museums over the years. I had a big network of people that knew about me and that knew that I knew something about cars and that I was articulate about my interest in cars. So I had an offer to try out in Portland, Oregon for a audition to be a car show host on Discovery Channel. Wow. And I didn't start out to do that. I just got a call because somebody at a major car museum knew me personally and thought that I could do it. So when the call came in, I didn't have to think about it. I, you know, they called me. So I went ahead and tried out for it. And it turned out that the audition was supposed to take over two hours and it only took about 30 minutes. And I walked over to them and they said, yeah, I don't know who you are, but you're going on Discovery Channel. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, this was 2013, as I said in the intro, correct? Right. So 10 years ago. So you think about what's happened in the last 10 years, the proliferation of people on YouTube doing their own shows. And, of course, Discovery and actual network TV is so different. But all the car shows that have come and gone, and some have been great, some uh, kind of scripted you know, uh, reality shows that have gotten pretty ridiculous. What was the the premise of the show and how or what did you do on it? 
Well, thanks for asking. And obviously, that's a great question because I was on primetime on Maine Discovery all over the world. I wasn't just a Saturday morning show. And the reason why, I think, was because um, my character that I created was really just me. I wasn't acting and I, I wasn't doing anything except what I normally do. In fact, when the when the cast and crew that were going to be working with me the first time got off the plane, they put a lav mic on me and they said, this mic will be on you everywhere you go for the next five days. And then they said, um, this is the camera that'll be close. And this is the camera that'll be back. <laughs> wow. And then they said, what are, what are we doing today? <laughs> and you said, you're supposed to know that, not me. <laughs> I said, well, uh, why don't we go have a beer at the place where I usually have a beer? And they said, okay, what place is that? And I said, it's called the Buck Snort. <laughs> and it's true. I've been, I've known the last four or four owners of the Buck Snort. It's a very old mercantile license in the foothills in Colorado outside of Denver. And it's a charismatic old place that is a great place to Maybe go on a Saturday night and hear some music, or I go in there for a bite to eat and to see old friends that I know that live up in the hills around Denver. Nice, nice. Well, as you were going into this new idea of being, you know, on television worldwide, wow, talk about being thrust in the limelight. Did you have anybody, I mean, I, I, you did the right thing. That's what people told me when I started this podcast. Just be yourself. Don't try to be another podcaster. There weren't many back 10 years ago, quite honestly. I think Adam Carolla was the only one doing a car podcast. But was there something that was an inspiration for you about how to take on this role and make it work, most importantly for the viewers, so that you're authentic and original and not trying to be, you know, another Jay Leno or Wayne Carini or whoever was popular in 2013? Well, thanks. Yeah, obviously, that was the thing that I looked at was really as a character, you know, and knowing as much as I knew about transportation in general, I'm just very interested in everything in transportation. So uh, cars and trucks, of course, motorcycles, airplanes, powerboats, military, antique, race cars. And then I'm somewhat of a historian. Well, my mother was a Colorado State Historic uh, figure. She had a lot of uh, charity projects she did for museums, and she instilled in me a sense of history and the importance of storytelling. So I was already a little bit of a storyteller myself. And then when I got a chance to do it on TV, to be honest, there just wasn't another way that I could, you know, make those kinds of earnings and wear a pair of jeans and a ball cap. Well, yeah. How nice is that? That's really what I wanted to do was, you know, just do what I wanted to do. And then the cameras came along with me and it turned out that it made really great TV. And again, I'm so grateful to all the people that have viewed my television productions. And I'm looking forward to bringing you some more stuff that I think it's going to be um, very pleasant for, for our viewers. Nice segue there. That's exactly what I was going to talk about next is what you have planned for the new year, because Michael had told me a little bit about what you guys were doing, but I'd love to hear your perspective of what we can expect. Uh, first and foremost, are you going to still call it American Car Prospector? We call it American Car Prospector 2.0 okay. Land, Sea, and Air. Nice. Okay. So you're going to be exploring any kind of transportation, basically, right? 
We really are. And it's really more than than just a look at it from sort of a storytelling perspective. We're going to be taking a deep dive on some technology. We're going to talk about the materials and methods that were used to build vehicles of various kinds. We're going to uh, relate that back to my own story because I've uh, done this for over a half a century. And along the way, I got to see and do some remarkable things. Of course, especially since I was on TV, I really have a knack for being able to open doors and Storytelling is really important. And of course, we're losing some of the people that were in motorsports and racing, uh, some of our prominent car collectors, and we need to get their stories while we can. And that's really my job. So what we're going to be doing going forward with our new production company is we're going to be using uh, a series of uh, methods to tell stories about transportation. You know, when I had the chance to try out for a Discovery Channel show, I thought it would be fascinating to be able to tell stories, especially some of the ones that I knew myself about uh, cars and transportation in general. And then when I did well at it and had my own show, we came up with a sort of format where I don't have my own shop. What I'm doing is I'm roaming around telling everyone else's story about their shop or their museum or their car collection, or maybe it's the motorcycle that they had in high school. So I had my own uh, show on primetime on Discovery Channel on Friday night that was on in Africa, the Middle East, Central Europe. It was on in Mexico and in Central America. Wow. And it's also been on Revan TV, the the all-car channel. Oh, yeah. That's based in Chattanooga. And it's been on that continuously for years. It's also available now, uh, media released, so anyone can watch it for free on Tubi, the free TV app. Just type in American Car Prospector on the search window. It'll come right up. Everyone agrees that our episode five is our best episode. That's the Porsches that we found (laughs) in Colorado Springs. How'd you know I like Porsches so much, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, Colorado Springs has been good to uh, to me, and that, that episode was particularly good. And by the way, uh, Mark, I actually uh, came up through the Porsche race shops in the Denver area when I was a young man. I worked for the uh, the late great Grady Clay was his name. Oh, wow. Grady had a shop in uh, Broadway in downtown Denver called Renan House, which is German for racing house. Mm-hmm. And they built performance Porsches there. They had an engine room. And this is all the way back in the summer of 73 and 74. Oh my gosh. Wow. That is going back a little ways. That's right. And then I also knew Al Lager, who was a Denver-based race shop that was kind of Grady's arch enemy. And anyway, he uh, and I were great friends as well. And uh, I'm actually sitting in the truck that he gave me when he passed away. He gave me his Suburban, and that's my daily driver. And when I'm out in my show looking for vehicles, we call that on the prowl. Okay. And so this truck is my prowler. The prowler. <laughs> and you you oh. wouldn't believe the treasure that we've found over the years using this vehicle. And in the first series, it just so happened I had a red Suburban as well. So it was just kind of dumb luck that we got another red Suburban for Series 2.0 Land, Sea, and Air. Oh, awesome. Well, well, let's talk a little bit about where you're taking with this new show, because I know you're doing some unique new things in the new year, and the new year is almost here. So what's the plan? Well, we're going to do a lot of TV, Mark. If you look at what's available on broadcast TV for car shows, even the major networks are showing stuff that was shot in, you know, 2011. And you've had all these show hosts, uh, many of whom you know, who have basically retired or are only producing occasionally now. And there really needs to be a new production company that specializes in transportation TV. And we think that we'll have uh, three episodes up 
mid-year next year, and that's just the first of 36. We'll do 33 more by summer, and then we're going to keep producing after that. But we intend to make a lot of car TV. Some of it we're going to show on our our private channel, and there'll be more information about that later. We're also going to be uh, rebooting my social media and my uh, YouTube channel. I wasn't doing much with it since the pandemic. You couldn't get insurance anyway. And, you know, I have so much fun doing what I'm doing. I forget at times that I really, you know, need to make some more TV so that people can see how much fun I'm having. And, and I appreciate that, that do they do that for me. So we do have a lot of TV coming this year and it's going to be really fun. All original. I don't copy anybody else. It's all run and gun. We do everything in one take. We don't use actors. Everything is somebody that I found in the field who's an interesting person with an interesting story and interesting vehicles. Uh, it's all completely authentic with no fake drama. Well, I think that's what the car market needs these days because I think we all got enough of that with all the the shows that a lot of them started out very nice, but then they evolved into because I think the producer said, okay, you got to go throw a wrench at somebody today. It's like, what? Nobody runs a business like that. Well, throw it anyway. (laughs) So what would you say in producing TV in this new era? Because it really has changed with streaming and now we have all these opportunities to create content in put it somewhere different or different than the big networks, which almost seem like they're fading off somewhere in some way. What would you say is um, the biggest challenge when it comes to producing a TV show? I know there's a lot because I tried it myself. Well, by the way, I think you're being too hard on yourself. I've looked at your TV stuff and you know what? You were, you were taking care of business, you know? Thank you. um, (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) The problem, Mark, is that you have a face for radio. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot. I appreciate that one too. (laughs) There you go. Well, here's the problem that they have at corporate TV when they're trying to make car TV. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is an interesting detail. And, you know, I try not to use specific names, but everybody's going to know who I'm talking about. There's a major, major, major car TV channel that has a program director. That program director cannot drive a stick shift. <laughs> I happen to know, I, I happen to know that for a fact. Yeah. And that's why they make the car TV that they make because they're English majors and they're trying to make a TV show with cars in it. Uh, that's not what car shows are. Car shows are about the cars and they're for car guys. Yeah. So you have to have someone who knows something about the topic. I mean, authentically knows something about it. And when you're an English major and you're a corporate producer, you don't know anything. All you know is that there's, you know, somebody else's TV show that looks good. So you're just going to put your guys into that same scenario. I've always said that car people can sniff out a non-car person very, very quickly. Very quickly. Well, that's the problem they have. And then the the problem they have is the problem that everybody in Hollywood has. And that's that they're so top heavy that it takes them, you know, basically a million bucks to do what I can do for a tenth of that. Right. You know, and so in the in the marketplace, it's not a fair competition because what I produce is you know, probably going to be watched more than what they produce. And that's just the way the game is. It changed a lot in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. And a good example is there was a reality show based on motorcycles that was very popular years ago. And all of that, that's only about 10 or 12 years ago. uh, And all of that was shot to tape. Mm. Okay. So in other words, they actually had a magnetic reel tape of some kind that they stored all of the film that they shot on. Well, they had four 40,000 square foot warehouses in Los Angeles, air conditioned with nothing in them, but all the tape they shot. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. And that was, 
you know, they only kept it because just in case they needed that 11 seconds from Series 3, Episode 1, you know, right. then they yeah. would have it. Yeah. Well, you can imagine the expense of that and everything, the headache. Well, in today's world, we shoot to a hard drive. You can put, you know, terabytes worth on a hard drive that goes right in your pocket. Right. So yeah. th there's an example how in today's world, we're just able to function much more efficiently and without the numbers of people and without the headaches and delays that you had even just a few years ago when I started. So yeah. you're right, it has changed a lot. One of the things that you'll see on our website is that we are offering quotes for people that would like to have their own car show. It doesn't matter where they are in the world because everything is a quote for the production plus travel and expenses, but we will give you a quote for what it, we would think it would take to make car show content out of what you have. There you go. So maybe I'm hosting it or maybe I'm not. But at some point, what you need is an experienced car producer to come in and tell a story. And you don't have to make a great story. We know that because, frankly, most of the TV that's on about cars right now isn't a really great story, but there's really nothing else to watch. So people yeah. end up telling mediocre stories and getting people to watch it because there's really very little else to watch in terms of original car TV. Well, another nice segue for me here. And that is talking about a special car in your life. I always like to ask people if there's one car that stands out for them and maybe a story about that ride. Well, this, Mark, is exactly like you and I are the same here in this respect. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the Porsche 911 is the, uh, the cockroach of the car world. Basically, the 911s will be running on the surface of the planet, you know, <laughs> long, long, long after the rest of the cars have faded, you know, uh, faded away, you know, they'll, they'll be gone, uh, way before the 911s will. And I, I love 911s, especially the early ones. And that's because when I was a high school kid, I worked at a race shop. And so if they needed the car, you know, moved down to the tire shop, they just threw me the keys. And, nice. um, you know, I, I got to drive many of those performance cars back in the, in the day when it was really special and, yeah. and almost unheard of, you know, Porsches were not very well known then. And I just thought they were really cool. And I've, I've been really lucky. I've been able to drive a lot of different kinds of performance cars, but there's, you know, a carbureted 911 on a country road in third gear is still one of the best car experiences you can have. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm with you there, for sure. Let's crawl into your head a little bit. I'm going to play car psychologist. I have a self-inflicted degree that I made in Photoshop, and it hangs on the wall. So <laughs> I'm kind of authentic. If you were reincarnated, not what you want to be, though. This is if you were a car based on the man you see in the mirror. So you got to kind of dig deep a little bit, a little bit in the psychiatrist's couch here today. What would you be and why? Well, I'd be a class eight race truck going down Baja at 140 miles an hour with Ooh. the dust flying and the rocks going. And uh, to me, you know, that's the dictionary definition of a race car driver in a race car. Yeah. And I, I would probably want to be a class eight race truck is what I'd want to be. You know, I've had some guests on this show that build those things and they are beasts. Oh my gosh, the, the, the things that those vehicles can do. Long ago, when I was in college, I got a chance to do a pre-run to the Baja 1000 wow. uh, with with a guy. Yeah, now this was before they had trucks of that caliber, a few big dollar people. He had basically a sand rail made for the event. And I have to tell you, after an hour, I wanted to get out of that thing. <laughs> I wasn't driving. I was the passenger. And I'm like, I don't have any bone left in my back or any teeth. And you do this for a thousand <laughs> miles? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But those race trucks, they know how to do the thing. So well, just like you, they've got a lot of, a lot of speed and a lot of talent. 
And that's the whole point, Mark, is that a Class 8 rakes truck is just a big old mush wagon. You can ride in that thing and not get your fillings knocked out, you know. (laughs) And the technology behind the suspensions and everything is just fantastic. And that would be fun. I'm with you. I'm not ready to take a Volkswagen Beetle on the Baja. You know, that looks like that's going to hurt a lot. Well, it would me today. This is when I was in college and surfing every day and, you know, a lot more fit. But, yeah, these days, no, I I wouldn't last. But uh, I like the race trucks for sure. How about a great book? We love books here. Is there a book you could share with us today? Well, you know, I, I do a lot of reading and I've been fortunate that my uh, family, you know, actually taught reading to people that were recent immigrants. And so I've, I've, I'm a lifelong reader. And, you know, if you if you had to pick one one book, I think, um, and it's about racing, it's probably the script for the movie Le Mans. Mm. If you look at the script for the movie Le Mans, that's really a book about racing and about, you know, Steve McQueen's character. And, and, and by the way, it has Francois Hardy in it. I mean, that's got to be greatest iconic 1960s race girl ever. Oh, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, she just was like like she was from another world, you know. But <laughs> but to me, that, that screenplay for Le Mans was when it was all over for me. I actually saw a Grand Prix before that as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the screenplay from that was fantastic, too. And those shots of those um, Formula 2 cars that they were racing and being at Monaco and different things like that, and the, the way that they handled the um, the various stories all around that. James Garner, who, by the way, raced it uh, in the Baja. Oh, did he race Baja? Oh, okay. Remember, he raced Oldsmobile 442. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that were race prep for Baja. Wow. Right, right. So yeah. anyway, I didn't really answer your question, but I do love the screenplay so much from Grand Prix and from Steve McQueen's movies, including Bullet. Um, you know, they they just, if, if you had to make a book that was a book that I wanted to read, it's those screenplays, I guess, is the best way to answer it. Well, that's a unique answer to that question. So I'll take that up. Is, is there a place where people can go to buy those or, or get those scripts? You know, you can. Obviously, those are probably... Uh, you know, what are they, 50 years old now? Yeah, oh, gosh. Um, Just age Yeah, so there's, <laughs> there's not going to be any hard copies, okay? Yeah. Um, but I think if you did a if you did a thorough look on uh, eBay, for example, you probably could find yeah. those, types of, um, those types of things on eBay. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Well, you know, there's actually a website called scripts.com. I'll put a link to that on your show notes page here on Cars Yeah, so people can find that. And I just looked it up and... You can indeed get the script for Lamar. There you go. So let's go on the ultimate drive since we've been talking about some cool stuff. Baja, Lamar, Grand Prix. If I was enabling you to go on the ultimate drive, that means I'm going to park any car you would like to have in your driveway. You can take it anywhere. But here's the fun part because it really is about the people. You can take anybody with you, including somebody who's no longer with us. So what does the ultimate drive look like for you? Well, for me, there's no question that it would be myself and Rolf Stommelin. Oh. Rolf was a Formula One driver in, in the uh, early days of, of the uh, open wheel cars and the rear engine cars. And uh, Rolf was German born, and he was the one who won the Targa Florio in 1967 in a 908. Gotcha. And if I could have ridden with, if I could ride with Rolf in the Targa Florio, and uh, I I would make considerable sacrifices to have to have been able to do that. <laughs> There's not a lot of room in those cars, but there is a there is a passenger seat. <laughs> there that's right. And if I have to, I'll cut my legs off. Oh so gosh. I'll get in there. 
There you go. <laughs> you know, I love those era of Porsches. I always, I raced vintage cars for a while, but those were always way beyond my my means. And now they're way, way, way beyond my means. But you got people that take those things out on the road and Jeff's wart. Cam Ingram, that they take a group of those guys and they go on tours in those cars. And Cameron Healy, he drives his. Those guys do some nice road trips. And by the way, they've all been guests here on Cars, yeah. That sounds like a a fun ride with Rolf as well. You've taken us on a fun ride today, and this has been quite an adventure. I wondered if you could leave us with some parting words of wisdom. Well, yeah, buy low and sell high. Um, (laughs) There you go. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In other news, the sky is blue, (laughs) but here's, here's what I would say is if you've ever thought about producing television about cars, or if you're interested in, um, expo vehicles or dump trucks or power boats or airplanes or whatever it is, you can do it. Okay. I did it. And it was not easy. Uh, trust me. And the TV business can be extremely cutthroat. Um, but I ended up owning my own copyrights and my own deal, which is what I wanted to do because I really felt that in the future that would be best for me. And that's kind of the way TV was going to work anyway. Yeah. Well, it just turns out that if you have the ambition and maybe just a molecule of talent and you work really, really, really hard, you can produce car shows and you can, you're right, Mark, you can put them up in all kinds of different places. The market is wide open for that kind of thing. If you'd like to contact us about it, you can go to our uh, web address, which is acpproductions.tv. And you can see there, there's a way that you can log into our message center there and let us know what you're thinking about doing. And we'd be happy to talk with you about it to help set you on the right track or assist you in making your own car show. The market is really urgently needing fresh, original TV that's done by hardworking people that want to own their own business in the television business. And you can't really do other types of TV shows as a you know complete amateur. And that's because it's very difficult to do what they do. You don't have to be a film school graduate to make car TV. I'm proof of that myself. And anytime you'd like to talk, call us, email us, let us know what's on your mind. We'd be happy to talk with you. We are looking for car stories. We do occasionally buy and sell cars or assist in that because we have to buy them in order to be able to make TV about them. So if you have something you'd like to put on TV, please get in touch. I promise that we'll give you the best advice we can, even if you're not involved with our company. Well, there you go, listeners, acpproductions.tv. Check them out. John, uh, thanks for spending some time with me today. This has been quite an adventure. Uh, I appreciate you sharing what you're doing. This is so much fun. And yeah, get creative, listeners out there. It's a new year coming. There's a lot you can do. It just takes hard work and effort. That's all. That's what anything good is always taken. (laughs) Until you and I talk again, John, I'll see you, no doubt, down the road. Mark Green, thank you, and the very best to Cars yeah, in 24. Absolutely. Have you looked under your hood recently? The average car today has more than 70 computers and 100 million lines of code. Today and tomorrow, being a professional technician requires an understanding of technology, computers, and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah, is honored to support TechForce Foundation as our charity of choice. Their efforts to help young people pursue a technical education and a fulfilling career as automotive techs is the key to an inspired life. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experiences with vehicles, 
TechForce and Carja are working together to connect young people with viable careers. Join us and learn more by visiting techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.